Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. This is the first episode I've recorded in 2024 so I imagine it's going to be coming out sort of tail end of January but I should take this opportunity to say happy new year uh, thanks ever so much for all of your support in 2023 and uh, and I look forward to bringing you some amazing pod chats uh, in 2024 um if this is your first time listening to the uh, the podcast welcome uh, you're very very late to the party there's over 500 episodes and they're all available for free wherever you get your podcasts so uh, so head over and subscribe that's the best thing to do and then you won't miss out because I've been really blessed over the years to have spoke to so many incredible people and today is no today is going to deliver because not only is it a returning guest it's a fantastic guest it's Frank Carter and and I interviewed Frank um pre-lockdown I think on a very early episode of this podcast and uh, and it was so nice to catch up with him and and to hear what a great place he's in at the moment and we, we, we talk about so much on this episode today um Frank's an absolute j- j- just a lovely lovely guy and uh, you're in for a real real treat with this one so when you get to the end of today's chat why not go back and <clears throat> compare Frank's song uh, picks to to what he chose you know a fair few years back now and uh, and then while you're back there, then go and explore that back catalogue because uh, if you like your rock and roll, then you can hear my chats with the Foo Fighters. You can hear my chats with oh gosh, the Vaccines, um, the Killers, the Kaiser Chiefs. Um, we, we speak about Prophets of Rage uh, on this episode. Uh, a fantastic story from Frank about uh, one of their gigs. Um, I've, my, go check out my chat with Chuck D of Public Enemy. That's a wonderful. Wonderful natter. I, when, whenever I get to this point in the intro where I try and rattle off the guests we've had, I always completely draw a blank. We talk about madness on this podcast. I've had um, Bedders uh, on, on the podcast from Madness. I've had Chrissy Boy from Madness on the podcast as well. They're great chats. So uh, I'm just thinking off the top of my head. I should have a big list in front of me, really, so I don't just rattle off the same names every time. Anyway, I'm waffling. Um so go check out that back catalogue. Um, and if you'd like to support the podcast, it's, it's really easy. There's, there's a few ways you can do it. You can just nudge your mate and just go, there's this 50-year-old geezer from Essex with a lisp that um, gets overexcited talking to fantastic people about records. Um, you can do that. Uh, you can subscribe, as uh, I mentioned a moment ago. Or, or better still, you can become a Patreon. 
Now, that Patreon thing, you, you pay monthly for that. Now, I'm aware that, you know, this country's in an absolute shitstorm at the moment, so I'll keep it nice and simple. It's a dollar a month. So I think it works out about, I don't know, 80 pence. For that, you can watch all the episodes. I release all the episodes on uh, uh, on Patreon as videos, so you can go and watch my chat uh, with Frank. Uh, and you also get access to loads and loads of kind of radio shows that I've recorded, loads of unreleased episodes, uh, but you also get to come to the monthly Zoom Hangout, which is great. Such a beautiful bunch of people all get together once a month for a completely non-judgy chat. And we just have a little, and we release it. You can go and have a, if you look through the archive, you can go and listen to a couple of them. They're really nice sort of warm uh, affairs where we uh, we just have a lovely little chat about whatever subject we pick. And it's really nice. So you can come along and it's your opportunity to to uh, to get your voice on off the beat and track. Um Okay, well, look, I've I've waffled on for, for way too long now. Everything you need to know um, is on offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. That's beat and not beaten. Um, and we're on uh, all the socials. I probably suggest Instagram is the one that uh, we're most uh, we I'm most uh, active on. So um, so go give us a follow over there and keep up to speed with everything that we're we're up to. Anyway, please enjoy off the beat and track podcast with the delightful. Frank Carter. It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whiffin. Frank, how you doing? I'm very well. I'm actually a bit sick at the minute, but I'm. Apart from that, I'm good. I've got oh, mate. Yeah, no, nah, I'm good. I'm just a bit run down, you know. Oh, pr- I appreciate you giving up the time, me. mate, for that. <clears throat> oh, no, it's all good. Well, I'll be gentle with you today, mate, and we're going to talk about some some lovely records. I'm sure we'll have a we'll have a nice time, mate. Yeah. Um, I mean, you've you've been on this podcast. You we I met you at the Queen of Hoxton uh, in Shoreditch about oh, pre lockdown, and we had a, we had a chat in the basement of the Queen of Hoxton a long time ago. Um, so it's nice to have you back on the podcast, and uh, and I'm looking forward to. To chatting about some of these tunes with you um how you been apart from the, the current illness yeah I've, I've been all right man i've been I've, I've um life has been dramatic you know as it has for all of us for the past sort of three yeah. or four years but um yeah it's 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 evening out now you know mm. I, I describe it as you know a, a lot of people have experienced a lot of a lot of highs and lows over the past couple of years yeah i had a tendency all of my life just to follow them which I've, I've recently learned is not ideal you know you're yeah. supposed to go through the middle of them and have a bit more consistency and i'm doing that now and it's um yeah life is good man life is really really good as, as ill as i am I've, I've got to say i've just had like two of the happiest weeks of my life with my daughter we just moved flat we had christmas we had the family round very wholesome it was good oh that's great mate that's lovely to hear um well, I, I don't want to sort of dredge up any ill feeling, but I'm, for somebody that, that, you know, the Frank that I've seen on stage is, is somebody that clearly thrives off of that that live thing. Mm-hmm. And how did you find lockdown? You know, j- just that n- not being able to do what you do. Yeah, it was a nightmare. It was gen- I mean, it, it was a bit more complicated for me as well because I, I, I signed a lease for a new business in March 2020. Oh, we were closed two weeks later. And um, it, it took three years to sort of 
get it to stabilise and to try and sort of mitigate the damage that had been done by by committing to that and you know pouring all my money into it basically. Um, so that you know <clears throat> through that and obviously with the with the you know touring disappeared overnight. It was much harder to get into a room with your friends and just write music and. It was such a strange situation because we we just sold out Alexandra Palace, and we were just you know as far as momentum was was going, we were we were flying. Um, all of that is gone, you know. The momentum just falls out of it. It's we're really lucky that we got to that plateau because I, I know a few few of our sort of peer bands didn't didn't play that gig. They were scheduled to play that gig. They didn't get to play it, and so yeah. I've watched us all sort of scramble once gigs were back to get back out there and build it up but yeah in that time I discovered the wrong kind of coping mechanisms as well so I've, I've been dealing with that you know yeah. but um, it, you know that that sort of stuff it compounds itself and if you're not if you're not happy person in yourself it's just um, it quickly becomes chaos but I'm like I said I'm, I'm in a really good place I've been sober now for 15 months and oh well done mate yeah, just feeling really, really good, really like back on track, bit better than ever. So I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Been good for, like I said, dramatic. <laughs> Let's talk records. Yeah. Um, Frank, tell me the song that you think has the greatest ever intro. <clears throat> um, it's, it's a song. You know, this could have fit into two spaces as well because I, okay. I, I nearly put this as number seven. Um, which was like the song that many may not know that I wanted them to hear, mm -hmm. you know. Um, Amazing Snakeheads uh, are, are a band that have just been a forever inspiration for me since they came onto the scene. They're just, you know, collective, just really passionate musicians that were all amazing at what they did. And they just, I, I know it's not, I know there's a lot of effort involved, but they made it look effortless, you yeah. know, it just, and sonically, you could be listening to, you know, some sort of long lost tapes of Ennio Morricone at points. Like it's yeah. just, if you want to talk atmosphere on a record, the record Amphetamine Ballads just has it in. It's yeah. crazy. It's, so, and this, this is, um, this song here, it comes again, has like the longest, slowest, like sludgiest, but grooviest, bluesy, just it, like, <clears throat> it really, it really paints like quite a scene and um we used to have this in our pre-show playlist which is when you put it on you you might be like where are they going with this but yeah a couple of minutes in you understand why so it's um that for me yeah See, here it comes again by the amazing snakeheads uh, are they no more frank because I've, I've not seen or heard anything of them for a long time uh, no yeah you wouldn't have um yeah they, they they're not anymore um unfortunately the singer passed away Thomas. Oh my God! He passed away. He had a, he had a, uh, um, uh, a brain tumor, I believe. Um, Fuck. A few, there's an amazing documentary about them on on. Um, it was an iPlayer, I think. But and uh, but yeah, it was it, that was that was that was tough. That was like really really hard um, to watch happen. You know, like a, he 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 touched a lot of people. Yeah, incredible musician. So and I I forever just think that they're like. They're, it's one of those like legendary mythical stories in music, you know, because it all happened yeah. in a moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was. Um, but yeah, Dale was a Dale Barkley. He's a a, a a hero of mine. Yeah. Did you get to play with him? 
never never played with them no we 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 crossed paths for other people like always close but never quite because it felt uh, like they blew up around the same time as you yeah a little bit yeah but yeah they um it's one of those things where very early on i kind of latched onto the sound and just then i just never wanted to meet them i was yeah. so scared I was, yeah <laughs> and they looked cool as fuck didn't they like cowboys, yeah. <laughs> and they, this is what I mean, though. They're just like, they're just kind of are, are just they're just pure inspiration, you know. I, it was funny. We went, I went and saw the Arctic Monkeys play play um, at, the, at the Arsenal Stadium, and it was like I'm there watching, like you know, we saw the Mysterines who were fucking amazing. We watched the Hives, like. And then, and then, just before the the Arctic's come on, there's just there's just like amazing snakeheads in the playlist, and I was just like blown away. I just thought, yeah, I know, I fucking <laughs> you're listening to this as well before you go on stage. Just the best, <laughs> wonderful. Um, Frank, I want to sort of talk to you about uh, the, the the power of the intro, and 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 also the the, the kind of thought process that that, that goes into it when when you're creating them because we're seeing, I, I guess maybe with more sort of commercial pop music, we're seeing like the influence of, of things like TikTok and <clears throat> kind of factoring into records, getting more exposure. Yeah. And, and we're seeing, I guess with, again, with the more sort of commercial pop producers, almost trying to use a science to create the perfect, you know, three minute pop record. And, and more so than ever, I, I guess, because radio play, which, you know, in my, in my time in bands was all about getting on the, you know, trying to get on, on the Mac show or whatever it was back then. And, and now there seems to be a lot of kind of pressure to get on Spotify playlists of, you know, by, by certain habits, all of these things, I guess in a world where Spotify is saturated with, with so many bands and you've got to try and get your band noticed. Does any of them kind of trends that are happening filter through into your creative process at all frank no 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 <laughs> i didn't think we're, it we're, not, we're not really a, we're not really a trends kind of kind of band i'm certainly not a trend <laughs> kind of artist like it, it gets kicked to it gets brought up every now and again in a meeting mm. you know they'll just they'll just say tiktok and i'll just <laughs> i only have to give them a look <laughs> they, know, they know to not bring it up again for at least a month you know <laughs> It's, it's not for me. It's um, <clears throat> and that's okay. I mean, Rattlesnakes are on TikTok. We've got you know a social media company that it takes. We give them stuff that we find interesting, and we're like, yeah. look, try and make something out of this because this this is cool and it's real and it's true to us. Um, good luck. Type yeah, thing. it's one of those things. You can't you know the, the trends and that you can try and jump on it, but then you just you're already you're already working from behind. And yep. that's not what you. That's not where you want to be. You want to be ahead. You know, so, where would you sit when when the labels start suggesting like edits and stuff like that? Yeah, I, I'm always keen to hear them. Mm. I think I think it's really interesting to hear edits, and especially like given different people's perspective. You sort of, you know, first thing is like, okay, what what are you going to cut? That's that's what 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 out of this song didn't resonate with you, or do you feel is surplus to demand? Um, so that's always interesting to get. Like, if anything, it's a good idea to like get to know your team. Hmm. 
it was a bit of a yeah, a bit of a criminal way of getting understanding data collection. Like, oh right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but for me, it's one of those things where um, it's important. It's important. Like for example, we got we got an amazing radio plugger in America who uh, you know has, has worked wanted to work with our band for a long time and, and he sent us a cut through the other day that, uh, of, a, of a new single and it was quite brutal you know quite savage cut out the whole whole middle eight and quite quite a brutal cut but you know he explained it to us he said look honestly I, I love the song as it is but I know for what we're trying to achieve at radio it needs to be shorter it needs to be punchier and you need to get straight back to that hook and this is why I've done this it is, it is bold but, but you know when someone comes to me that knows their job I'm like, cool. Like, you know, the, the, the song is still going to go on the record. It's still going to go up on DSPs. This is for radio. Yeah. And radio is a different beast. You already said it, you know, it's a different, it's a different entity. You're always trying to get onto one show or position yourself somewhere. How can you do that across the board? You know? I'm going to ask you for, for track two, Frank, to tell me about the first song that you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you. Yeah. There's, there's, right. I, I put down one, but there was many. I could have. Okay. This could have been fifteen songs. Too. Seriously, like it was, it was so many. Um, but the one that had the 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 longest sort of lasting effect is um, "God Only Knows" by the Beach Boys. I I, I love do it, it, won't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I've loved this song for such a long time, <clears throat> and um, I, I'm I. I don't know if there's a uh, a better way to say I don't have the words to, to tell you what you mean to me. Do you know what I mean? So as far as like a love song goes, that's about proclaiming your love for someone and not being able to to find the way to do that. Um, they just did it so perfectly, and yeah. you know I, I still listen to that song. I think about my daughter. I think about my family. It, it depends where I'm at in life, but that song can come on and really, like, you know, bring me to my knees type thing. Yeah. It's, um, it has the power to do that. So it's, it's one of those. I don't know if people feel. I'd like to think the world feels songs the way I feel them. You yeah. Know? But I'd don't like you find if, like... you, if, if you get a new song that, that, like, that you hear that you just think, oh, my God, this has just absolutely broke me in half. This is unbelievable. And you yeah. play it to someone and they don't respond like that. It kills me. I just think, huh? Yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I, I don't really bother anymore because of that risk. I'm like, oh. <laughs> it was a, there was a period in my life where I could not listen to The Sky as a Neighbourhood by the Foo Fighters. Yeah. I couldn't listen to it. Like, every time I did, I'd be, like, bawling my eyes out before the end of the track. So... <laughs> And and that that goes in waves. Like God only knows, does that to me still, still yeah. now. But, yeah. What's the emotion if you have got to pinpoint it? Um, longing, like hope, and like a desire, a deep want to 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 be that for someone else. You know, yeah. to be that important for someone else. Like yeah. to 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 feel. Like, you know, love, really. That's that's ultimately yeah. what it boils down to is, is just love. That is very core. And I, I really believe that they they just found the words. Yeah, absolutely. Have you ever seen him perform that? 
No, I mean I've got I've got some live records of theirs, and I yeah listen in the dark, you know, with the candles on. But <laughs> it's, um, yeah, I, 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 I'm scared to see it. You know, oh, mate, I'll, I'll tell you what. He came. He I live in Essex, and he came to South End, mm. and he for some reason he came to Cliff Pavilion in South End about six years ago for, and to play Pet Sounds in its entirety, wow. and. And and it was him and Al Jardine, and I think it was like maybe one of Al Jardine's kids. It was like, it was obviously Brian Wilson. He's got the best band of session musicians on the planet, but they all just disappeared. And the room was essentially full up with people my age, 50 plus. And he just sat at the piano and he went, I'm going to play one for you on my own. And, like, and as much as he's probably said that a million times, and you just think, oh, he's just churning out the hits, it didn't matter. Because he just, him at a piano, his voice was breaking a bit. And I looked around and there must have been 3,000 men in their 50s, 60s. Bottom lips were all over the place everywhere you looked. It was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen or heard, Frank. It was amazing. That record will just cut you in half every time. What a song. Um, I mean, the early days of hearing the Beach Boys and stuff was was home musical when when you was a little um it was yeah yeah my my dad was um growing up like he when he was younger he was a DJ so he had a lot of like and he's a real tech head you know like he's, he's got all the latest stuff so I had a big record collection but really like he you know he was born in the sixties like grew up through the seventies so when when CDs came about he had it all. He yeah. had it all. Like he, it was mad to me to watch. Like when I think back now, like just there's no way that could. I thought that was just regular in everyone's house having yeah. like two thousand albums on the wall, man, stacked up in. And so there was everything there, like you know, from the Beach Boys to Dire Straits to like Madness, all the way through. Like it, like anything that was good was in there, you know. Even yeah. punk rock, like Sex Pistols, Sham Sixty Nine, like he. He had it all, but he, he just um, and I remember those like long drives. My 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 brothers and me, we've got a playlist which is the dad playlist, which is basically <laughs> loads of like seventies, eighties, nineties classics that um he used to just put on a mix CD when we'd go on holidays. And uh, my brother texted me to text us all the other day, and he was like, "I've just driven back from London. It's taken four hours, but the dad playlist got me through." <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic! Oh, I love that. <clears throat> I mean, how sort of obsessive was you with with music then? Like, would you, you know, would you, you know, hear that opening track on Brothers in Arms and go, "Fuck, this is this is mental. This is like huge." Or would you hear? madness and like and, and would the, the lyrics and the kind of sort of working class principles that are being sung about on tracks like embarrassment would that resonate with you yeah absolutely i mean probably not like so many of the political aspects of it i was i was young you know yeah. um but the melodies the lyric how would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study People that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's like, you know, I might not have understood it all, but I knew them heart by heart. And it's really funny because I... I when I would be driving around my daughter, that for whatever reason, that's what I would go to towards. Yeah. You know, I would, le- I would lean on those tracks. To, I don't know whether it was like a passing it down thing or that was just comfortable. And then sometimes I'd put a song on and I'd play it and halfway through I'd be turning it off. Like, what the fuck was... Why, why was he playing that to us when we were fucking seven? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, he didn't, no, he didn't mean anything by it, but, you know, lyrically it was much looser back then. Um and that's rich coming from me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my, my daughter, she loves madness, man. I would put that on and just dance around the house to it. And so it's, um, yeah, I think I think it had a profound impact on me. It yeah. really, really did. So. I, I think madness are criminally underrated, Frank. I think, you know, the amount of incredible singles they released and and the impact that they've had on so many people and, and, and the way that people, you know, constantly reference you know the you know that you know Ian Jury and and the Kinks and stuff like that. I think Madness were nailing that, and yeah. and it feels that they never get kind of mentioned in in them kind of conversations. You know what I mean? I do, I do. I think it's <clears throat> I think there's this bit of this curse where it's it's availability, accessibility. You can still see Madness. We, yeah. we played a show not long ago, a few years ago in Cologne. They were, they were playing in the venue over the road, and we had access because of our tickets. So we. Like finished our gig and then we went and watched Madness. It was fucking great. Like yeah. brilliant, you know, live. They're a phenomenal band. So it was um I I think you know, as you as you get older, if you're still available to people, there becomes this sort of you, you miss that sadly, you, you I don't know, it's harder to swallow the legendary I- thing. It's really sad, like the 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 musicians and artists and rock stars have to die to, to before you before they get paid their dues. I'm very yeah. much of the school where I text people all the time. I DM artists all the time who I like. And I just send them like a flower emoji. I'm like, these are flowers. You've, you're, you're, this song is amazing. Like, 
this is why, this is what touched me about it. Or this, you know, I text Joe from the Idols the other day. I, I heard that new song, Grace. Oh, man, how good's like, that? I texted, I was like, what a performance. Where the fuck did that, where's that come from? <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean, like, I, I believe that it's important to tell people while they're here, like, this is how special you are, not just to me, but to everybody. And, um, and I'll, I'll continue doing that forever. Like it's, you know, I feel really lucky when people go out of their way in their day to tell me, you know, your music's helped shape me or save me at some point. Like that's special. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, we're talking uh, formative years. So I'm going to ask you for track three, Frank, to tell me the song that reminds you of your time at school, please, mate. <clears throat> it's, it's funny because this, this went, I have multiples for all of these, right? Like this was a hard list to put together for you. Good. But, but the one that was, um, really stuck out for me was uh Firestarter by the prodigy and i had that that album fat of the land came to me randomly through um uh one of my dad's friends actually who was just you know be around or whatever and he was like oh you've got to, you've got to listen to this song and he he showed me the cover of it and i just remember being like what is this like giant crab like and i took it and it, and it just i'd never heard anything like it you know, I'd never heard anything like it. I'd never heard like the speed of it, the aggression, the like it drops down to complete softness. And I'd not also never really heard like such multicultural music infused in on one record. You know, yeah. it was it it was really really eye opening. Um, and uh, yeah, for for about two years, like that's I had a Walkman. You know, a Discman. It was like steel blue, and um, that was the only CD in there. That yeah. was it. So I just listened to that day in, day out. And it's funny because um, we just played a festival with them like last year, last summer. And it's just, they are phenomenal, though. You know, like still to this moment, they are really putting it out there. And it, it's, yeah, it's incredible to watch. Like it, it's, um, you know, obviously sad and, and, pretty heartbreaking at times um but it's it's also really nice to see how they pay honor to to keith you know in their live set and um that was really special that that choked me up as well when i saw it It it's brutal so yeah yeah we're we're fiercely proud of them here in essex mate they're uh they're our heroes mate Um, um and and i think like you know, when, when when people talk about these huge hip-hop producers and, and the legendary status that they have, Liam fucking Hallett, man. Like, that fat of the land, no one made beats like that until then. And, like, I remember hearing Diesel Power for the first time, and it was like, what the fuck's this come from? This is insane. Like, huge. Yeah. And, like... It, do you know what it is? I've described them like this before, but it sounds illegal. <laughs> yeah, that's great. You, know I mean? <laughs> yeah. you had to like give me one word to sum up prodigy. It's like illegal. <laughs> it just sounds like it's you know, it's those it's those field raves that you heard about, but you never got invited to. It's like a fucking speaker in the boot of your car. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's somehow it's somehow jumping in and nicking a police car. You know, like it's it's just <laughs> that record and that sound is just yeah, it's on the edge. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, how did you find school? Did you enjoy it? I loved it, yeah, yeah, I did. I, I mean, it was, you know, I look back on it and I can say that I enjoyed it. Now, I had great teachers. Yeah. You know, I, I struggled with, um, I struggled with, with sort of lining up with what 
was expected of me and you know amongst my peers i was i was a small kid i was i was bright ginger hair and i was tiny you know so i was like um a bit of a target you know and i got i got bullied a fair bit but you know i i um that stuff it shapes you you know you can let it you can let it break you or you can let it shape you and it it definitely shaped me um but i was really lucky i was really lucky with it. the school that i went to um i had an amazing art teacher i had an amazing amazing english teacher i had an amazing music teacher but i didn't study music i just i just ended up turning up you know singing really badly out of tune um <laughs> in the in the re in the rehearsal rooms over lunch and stuff because i just really wanted to perform but i just didn't really have it in me so yeah But they were they were amazing amazing people that really shaped my life. Where did that that confidence come from, then, Frank? Because you know you spoke about being at school and 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 being bullied and stuff, and and you know and, and being in the music room, but not kind of quite ticking the the Mariah Carey boxes. And but you wanted to perform. Where did that that kind of well, where did that I won't I won't say character, but where did where did that uh that person come from that that i've seen on stage multiple times that looks like you're conducting the fucking crowd with, with ease yeah um i think i think he's already he's always been in there you know i don't know i don't know when it really sort of came about i, I feel now i'm better that at it than i've ever been in my life like i've really i, I walk on stage now and i'm not scared i i I I feel like that's where I'm supposed to be, you know. In Gallows, it was a bit harder. I, I I found it much more of a struggle at times. But but that whole that whole output was much more aggressive, you know. It, was, it had violence as a foundation, so it was, that was difficult. Um, yeah, the con the confidence the confidence comes from from growing, from from years of experience and doing and weathering those storms. Um, I don't know whether it was confidence at the beginning. I think it was blind sort of um, faith, <laughs> you know, just hope and and uh, stubbornness in the in yeah. the very beginning. You know, like it just. I'm a Taurus, so easy. you and me, but you and me both, brother. Yeah, dig your heels <laughs> in and get it done. You know what I mean? Okay. <clears throat> I want you to tell me, please, uh, for track four, the first song you remember buying from a record shop, please, mate. Right. So, again, it's multiples, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you the other one in a minute because it's, it's great. But the first one I I got was was the album Dookie, and the, and the, the song was Basket Case, and that comes from being in those rehearsal rooms and desperately trying to sing those songs, you know, in yeah. our first ever covers bands. Um, that that I mean, when you think back about punk, you can go much deeper and you can go into you know that that burgeoning scene that we had in the UK that was so important and that set fire to the world. But I wasn't looking at that at that time. You know that was that was a bit too ahead of me, and it was too linked to sort of I, I guess like older cousins or uncles that were just a bit rough around the edges that were like you know like that that's their sort of tune like this is a bit softer a bit more american and had a bit more um much more melody and, and but it was born out of all of that operation ivy stuff so mm. that that record um 
the record Dookie and then and then uh, and then Nimrod that came afterwards. Like, yeah, Basket Case was it was just such a tune. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and and I think uh, with, with Dookie as well. I, I, you know, as uh, I remember when I, was, I bought that, just sitting there, and because I, I bought it on vinyl because I'm old, like the the just hours just sat staring at that cover just thinking this is fucking great and like and i I think that's my only without kind of moving into sort of you know granddad territory that's one of the things i feel is a little bit lost in in the fact that so much music is digital now that you don't really get to appreciate them iconic album sleeves and you ever pick up them books of like the greatest album sleeves ever none of them are kind of post 2010 you know most of them are like 90s 80s 70s and and I do feel that like Dookie was one of them that I just remember coming out the same time as like Nevermind and all of these kind of amazing sleeves, just like devouring them. And and that's the only thing I feel was a little bit lost now. Do you know what I mean? I do. I do. I mean, the art is so important to us, like, you know, being an artist and, and being a musician, like we think we spend a lot of time on, on the cover art and, you know, we've tried to make it interactive in the past. We've tried to, but it, it's, um, I know exactly what you mean. Dookie just had that that look was of a time. Um, it was so sad, like it was so east, like West Coast America as yeah. well. So skate punk, and it just, um, yeah, it was like it was it was pure Gilman Street. That whole thing, I just I love it. Well, you alluded to there being another one, so you've got a cool choice here. Tell me the other one's not quite so cool. <laughs> no, the other the other ones um, it would have been a bit later, but. Um, one of the first records I I really remember purchasing was uh like it was I stormed down to get it you know like left school at lunchtime to go and get my copy and that was White Pony by the Deftones oh, I just remember being like and I got in there and they had these import versions only yeah they 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 had a red a solid red case and a solid black case that was opaque so you couldn't see the fucking artwork. And on the back, it didn't have a track list in it. just had the times. And I was like, it blew my fucking mind. I was like, what? <laughs> it's got the sticker on it. It says it's the album. I remember taking it to the, to the front desk and the guy was like, yeah, we, we don't know why. But this is, this is what it is. You can have the red one or the black one. I was like, is there different songs on it? Is there like, what does it mean? You know, um, in the end, I think I, I, I bought both and gave one to my brother. And that record became really, really important to me and Steph. Like we just, we actually, I remember going to see them, and it was uh, it was at the Kentish Town Forum, like just a few few years later, and um, it was one of, it was one of the best gigs I've ever seen in my life, right? And then just a couple of years ago, they did that twenty year reunion at the Kentish Town Forum, and I was the only time in my life I've ever gone. I've emailed everyone I know. I'm like, who the fuck can get me into this gig? Like, I don't care. Like, I never ask for this. I never ask for favours. I cannot miss this show. Do you know what I mean? And so I went with my brothers and I remember being up in the balcony and watching it and just like loving every second of it. And then, yeah, they they started playing Be Quiet and Drive and I was just gone, man. Shirt off in the pit. Just fucking, (laughs) I'll come to like in the middle of a mosh pit in Kentish Town Forum almost 40 just like i remember seeing like so many kids next to me like the fuck are you doing here and i'm like 
<laughs> Living my best life, lads. Yeah, literally. literally. <laughs> that record, man. Like, yeah, I, I weren't a big fan of of new metal and yeah. and lots of the bands that kind of come around that time because I, I guess I was a lot older than you. But when fucking Deftones come out, it was like, oh, this is this is different. This this isn't Limp Biscuit and Papa Roach. This is different. And then when White Pony come out, I remember just getting that home and putting that on, and hearing like Digital Bath, and it was like oh, holy shit. And then it's like, oh man, I've done a track with Tool. And then I heard Passenger, and I was like, where the yeah. fuck are they getting this from? It's unreal. And then when they put out, was it Minerva? Yeah, it was like. Fuck me, Deftones, they're smashing shoegaze now as well. They yeah. can do that. Like, yeah. it's incredible. It it's like... always been in there. I remember <laughs> I remember seeing them, like, early on, like, they did a cover of of um, a Sade song. Yeah. They'd done like... No Ordinary Love, didn't they? Yeah. And I, yeah. Like... And I listened to it, and it was beautiful. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Support. I just remember thinking, like, man, this is this is yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, they're solid choices, mate. Solid choices. Um, tell me about the song that soundtrack your years going clubbing. And Frank, it, that, that you know that that can be your local bar that had a good jukebox. That can be your rock club. That can be whatever you want it to be. Exactly. That, that's when I saw this, I was like, well, I'm going to put the song that I was going clubbing to. Yeah. But it probably isn't what we would class as clubbing. But it was, I, you know, when I was young, the only clubbing I really did was to a rock club, yeah. which was once every like every month down at the pavilion and in Hemel Hempstead. And it was it was a bit of a risk to go to. Do you know what I mean? Because you'd go and sort of basically back then it was much more tribal. You know, the the, the youth was much more divided, and um, kind of everyone else knew that's where all the rockers were going to be for one night. So it was quite often you'd go down there and you'd come out and then get beaten up. Like, but um, yeah, the, the, so the song always that they would finish the night with was "Killing in the Name of" by Rage Against the Machine, which obviously I love that band. Yeah, I, I've I, I grew up on that band. There, I've seen them live countless times. I am I'm enamoured with them. We got to play. Randomly, we played a show with Prophets of Rage. One summer, we played at a festival called Resurrection in Spain. It's an amazing festival, and uh, we played on the on the main stage and just had a had a great time. You know, we were just we were buzzing. We were just it. The show was great. We were watching Prophets of Rage, and uh, they start playing Balls on Parade, and I just got in the crowd again. I just was like, I gave all my stuff to my girlfriend at the time. I was like, Look, got to hold this. I'm sorry, I'm off, and uh, got in the got in the pit and. I get. I end up getting like, I'm in this mosh pit with a bunch of Spanish kids that are just, that just, and they love rock music in a different way. I, I don't know if you ever been to Spain. Like they just, are what it is, but they just really, <laughs> they see me and they see that I've just been on stage and now I'm in the pit. 
and they just lift me up and I'm I'm like fuck like I'm stood on top of this crowd like trying not to like <laughs> listen to balls on parade I've got like the best seat in the house <laughs> and then Tom like sees me and he's just like oh yo like and, I, and I'm like yeah sorry like I'll, I'll get down and I tried I tried to get down and went over the thing the next thing I know is Tom Tom's on the fucking mic like no 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 get him up here and I was just like I was like no I just was freaking out I, I was like, no, nah, no, nah, it's cool. I'm, just, I'm sorry. Like, I'll just, I just like the band, you know. He's like, no, nah, no, nah, come up here, come up here. And <laughs> out of nowhere, his security just picks me up. Like at that point, I have no option. I'm going on the stage. I'm like five seven. Like, do you know what I mean, just getting carried. And he put me on the stage. And he and Tom just goes, yeah, you'll know the words to this one. Just try and keep up and and put the fucking mic in my hand and I look at the set list and it's killing in the name of Fuck off. I, really? Yeah. Oh, I mate. I fucked it up. I still, I, I, I fucked the lyrics up still. <laughs> I was so shook. But there's a video of it on YouTube and if you ever watch it, like, you will just see that is me. Like, that's pure joy. That's like a oh, moment in my man. life that, that I would never, ever thought would happen. And, um, yeah, and then, and then, so anyway, I'm in the middle of it and I, I turn around at one point and it's fucking Brad Wilk, Timmy Comerford and Tom Morello. And then there's fucking Be Real and Chuck D just laughing at me like, who the fuck is, because I just went off. I was like, fuck it. This is my, I'm having this. Like, and uh, I turn around at one point and they're, they're all just there laughing, beaming. And I just thought, I cannot be on this stage when this song finishes. I just, I don't know what it was, but I just was like, I cannot be up there for that and so i just fucking jumped but it is the biggest it's the biggest hole like that i've ever made it was it was there's a photo of it and i'm just doing a proper superman all the way over my, my daughter still laughs at that picture she's like that, <laughs> that is so silly dada i'm like yeah it was a bit yeah good mate <laughs> i mean i like to ask guests about imposter syndrome and do you ever get it and i mean fuck me if you're looking at Rage, Chuck, and be real. <laughs> if you're ever going to get it, that's probably the moment. Yeah, that was what happened. I was just like, I can't fucking be here anymore. <laughs> Five seven, ginger kid from Hearts. I'm off. That's fantastic, mate. What a story. Um, well, look, you, you mentioned Hearts. Let's 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 move on to track six, and I'm going to take you home for this one. And it's the favourite song from an artist from your home county, please, Frank. Yeah. I, I had uh, a lot of choice in this. There's a lot of amazing musicians from Hearts, and we can we can talk all about the stories of the the bands that I grew up around and got to watch play and book shows for. But the the track that stands out for me is by one of our arguably one of the greatest performers, greatest singers, greatest songwriters of all time, which is um, George Michael. So I, I picked Faith because it's just it's a beautiful song. I nearly went with the Limp Biscuit version because that was <laughs> that had an important place in my heart while I was growing up. But um, I chose I chose George Michael's version of Faith, and yeah, it's um, it's just I mean lyrically it's incredible and performance wise. And any time I listen to his music, there's just so much in it. There's so much depth actually happening in those performances and. It's something that I strive for often, like to try and have that kind of control and that kind of, um, yeah, like I said, depth over my voice is mm. just, it's really, really special when you hear someone that has that, has a grasp of it like that. And, and he yeah. just did, like it was wild. Did you, um, 
Did you watch the, the Wham documentary on Netflix that came out last year? No, I didn't. I didn't oh, see it. Oh, mate. I mean, I, I, I love George Michael's uh, sort of solo. Like, Listen Without Prejudice, man. That record's yeah. fucking ridiculous. And like, and I wasn't the biggest Wham fan, um, but that documentary showcasing, like, there's like pictures and recordings of him writing Careless Whisper when they're like 12 or 13, just sitting there in their bedroom recording it on tapes. And he's like, he just sat on that song until he was like, oh, do you know I'm going to do something with that? And like, and it just documents their their rise to becoming arguably one of the biggest bands in the world at that point. Yeah. It's fantastic. And the loyalty between them, where yeah. it gets to the point where Andrew Ridgely realizes he's, he's surplus to this. It's yeah. all about George. And he's just like, mate, just, you go and do your thing, man. I've had the best ride. It's beautiful. It's yeah. really lovely. And, uh, yeah, and, and it just reminds you of just like an insane talent that he was, like, and just a ridiculous voice, and just seemed like a really fucking good egg as well, man. That's all I like. I, re- I remember when he passed, like, it, there was it was such a strange thing, but there was just countless, like, r- random sort of like testimonials of like, yeah, he. You know, he of of just acts of charity from him, but to specific people that have, have either reached out or we heard about their story or they they couldn't. You know, like it was just a wildly charitable person. You know, yeah, like, yeah. That's just the beautiful thing when you realise that you know someone's made that kind of level of success, but they still really what they want to do is just make people happy. Yeah, and um, yeah, that's beautiful. Just just tell me a little bit about that that scene in hearts in you know in, in your sort of formative years of playing like what was that like and and who were you know who, who was you playing with and what venues i can't I, it's not small can't tell you a small bit it's it's crazy <laughs> now when i look back on it you know it started for me with with a band called sick they were like oh a, man yeah tech metal band that were just phenomenal <laughs> and they were playing with bands like incoherence and cry for silence and my dad joe and that was that was what happened it was it was called um nam it was called new age metal and it was mm-hmm. it happened at watford rugby club and it was just this tiny little box where we would go every week make this pilgrimage to watford and um to see all these bands and then you know i, I was in a band at the time but I couldn't really get gigs so i started putting on shows in 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 boxmore in Hemel Hempstead, at the art center and um and that's where I, I put on shows for for um for my bands that sort of predated, and I would book the bands that I like. Like I'd pay for my dad Joe to come, or I'd pay for six, you know. And I remember I remember booking a show for Enter Shikari at one point, you know. Yeah. Like it's, but but it's really funny because now I look back on that, and you've got, you know, Sixth have just so many members that are just doing important things, like like some some of them have gone on to become like incredible producers yeah you know? was it the bass player that become a producer no i think it was the guitar one of the guitarists but the bass player james is is now I feel like he's with devin townsend right saw him with devin townsend and then and then you've got like incoherence that had that had um oh my god so, so, like dan mumford was playing bass for incoherence he went on to draw every single thing ever for for bands at one point he did the artwork for gallows for all yeah. the walls you know then you've got like um kev that was that was in that was in incoherence he went on to become paloma faith's uh, pianist 
you know. Um, and then you've got like you know Alex Venturella, V Man, who went on to to he's now playing in Slipknot. Yeah, you know it, it's there's so <clears throat> many people there from that scene, and we were playing we were playing there we were playing at um we were playing in St Albans a little venue called the Pioneer. We were playing what was that other one up on the hill? Horn. Horn. Fuck, I was there. Man, I've put so many holes in that ceiling. Like, <laughs> I, I really have. Like, sorry, that's guys. shutting down. I think. I think. No. That's, I think that's one of the the, the the ones that's going. Yeah, which is such a shame. I think. Am I right in saying I think that was in Shikari stomping ground that one? And, yeah, uh, and I the think Pioneer for sure. Yeah, I, I remember seeing them at the Pioneer a few times. And the subways, I think, kind of come through there as well. Yeah, and Gallows. Uh, you know, we played our first gig there. Oh really? Yes, and that's the thing is like that's where I met met Laurent. Like he was in the band My Dad Joe. They were a punk band, and um, he come through. I, I booked them to play, and my band opened up. And years later, he just sort of mess- messaged me out of the blue, like, "Hey, I, I got your number, and um, I just wanted to see if you wanted to do so." I remember we played a gig, and you had the right sort of energy, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm in, hundred percent." And that was it. My life changed from that moment on. It's mad. Love it. Love it. Last track, Frank. A song that you think many people may not know that you would like them to hear, please. Yeah, this is my coffee music. This is like in the morning, I put this on while the sun's coming up and I just think about life. And uh, it got me through. I mean, I hope everybody knows who this is already. And if you don't, it's just a beautiful, beautiful record. But uh, the song is... Is called If Words Were Flowers, and it's from the same record, and it's by a guy called Curtis Harding. Um, I, I don't know why I picked this, but it just, it's a record that is like, you know, that's that song specifically, it meant a lot to me for a time where I was really trying to reconnect with myself. And um, I love a record that, you know, like I just said, it's my coffee music. You know, I put it on in the morning, I listen and I watch the sun come up, but equally, you can, that record can be listened to at any point in the day and it has the same vibe. So any record that you can have a similar moment to at three in the morning or 10 in the morning is like, that's when you really know that they've done something magical. And um, so, yeah, I would say listen to that. If words for flowers is the gateway drug, but it, but the album is, is phenomenal. So it's a beautiful piece of music. Frank, we make it easy for people to do that because we put together a, a little Spotify playlist with uh, with all the tracks that we've spoken about today. And obviously we'll put your music on there as well so people can go and explore that. Um, looking ahead, uh, we're, we're, we're recording this very early doors in 2024. What can people expect from you, mate? Busy. We're, we're, we've got a new album coming out at the end of this month. Um, I can't wait. I'm I'm really proud of it. And it's we've got a tour as soon as it comes out. We're literally on tour two weeks later. So... I don't think it's ever fallen like that for us. It's that's pretty exciting. So I think everyone will be getting their teeth into it. So yeah, we're um, just a lot of touring, lot more, lot more from the rattlesnakes. Like we're kind of doing a, a world tour up till up till June, and then we've got festivals all summer. Oh, so, mate. amazing! Yeah, it's exciting. Frank, if people want to keep up the speed with with kind of release dates and and, and tour dates and such, where's the best place to to keep up the speed? The best place is, is the, the band Instagram, which is just and the rattlesnakes, at and the rattlesnakes. Um, I'm just on Frank Carter 23. I've been on that forever. It's, it's the number of chaos. But to be honest, these days, I'm like, I might cut that off. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, don't feel like I need What's the number for calm? So I, need, <laughs> I, need, I need a slower pace. But, um, 
yes yeah, so those are the best places like our, our our instagram and that it's usually like we're churning out stuff on there all the time so wonderful frank it's lovely to be you're in a really great place at the moment yeah. mate. and thank you so much for for coming on and having a, a lovely natter about records with us mate it's been Thanks really really nice me. man great um, we're playing uh the roundhouse in in feb if you want to come i'd love to see you there like two nights so Pick whichever's best for you and I'll sort it out. Frank, I'm going to grab my mate from around the corner, Mr. Scroobius Pip, and we'll come down to watch you. Yeah, it'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. I told him he was on today. He was like, Salo, mate. <laughs> Frank, I'm going to love you and leave you. Thank you so much, mate. And I will see you in London, mate. Thanks loads, mate. Cheers, Bye. Frank. Bye-bye. There you have it, Frank Carter. What an absolute ledge. Oh, such a nice guy. That profits a raid story. Absolutely fantastic. Um, go check out uh, Frank's uh, first appearance on the podcast uh, a fair few years ago now. Go get stuck into that back catalogue. Why not become a Patreon? Do you know how, lo- how long it's been since I've recorded one of these? It was way before Christmas, so I'm a bit rusty. And so what I forgot to do at the beginning was some thank yous. So I'm going to get them in there. I want to thank the team at Blue Murder Club Podcast that produced this. Um, go check them out. It's a fantastic true crime podcast. And you'll recognize some of the guests over there as well because they've been on this podcast. Um, thanks to Screw Pip, everyone at the Distraction Pieces Network. And the biggest thanks always go to you lot for listening, uh, loving, and supporting this pod uh, and just being fucking top eggs so 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 thanks loads man um we're back next time in the meantime be nice to each other and i will see you soon bye bye